show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290, KZSB, and FM 96.9, Santa Barbara, or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Good morning. All right, I want to talk about the making of a movie star. How does a movie star form, take shape? At the core, I believe it takes a soul of fire and a deep empathy for the human condition. It takes a person overflowing with love, with compassion, that certain thing that certain connection with an audience. Although two-dimensional up on the screen, a movie star steps out into the audience. They're right there in front of you. They're three-dimensional. And like a burning comet of gold fireworks, when that movie star, when she has a voice of the heavens and it's attached to her, uh, you have a true, true movie star. My special guest today is a movie star. She's also an incredible vocalist and artist. Emmeline is that star. She's 25 years old. Not that that's important. She's a vocalist, as I said, a violinist and an incredible songwriter. Emmeline appears in her major motion picture debut in the film, which is getting great reviews, and you got to check it out, Sweetwater. Emmeline is a singer and a songwriter possessing a smoky, jazz-infused genre, 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 excuse me, fluid voice, says Broadway World, and is an artist on the rise. Songs from Sweetwater collects the tracks. The 24-year-old vocalist and violinist performs in the film as a nightclub singer, Gene Staples, including three tracks that appear on the movie soundtrack album released on Candid Records. That's in conjunction with the theatrical release, which is released in April. We play all six of those songs for you here throughout this show. And stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. At the end of the show, we're going to premiere uh as far as i know the first time on radio in santa barbara 
Sweet Georgia Brown play the entire song. So Emmeline has also been compared to a throwback in the best of all possible ways. She has been called the modern day equivalent to your favorite jazz singers of the past, such as Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, and Blossom Deary. She's the daughter of jazz pianist Russ Campbell and singer Julie Campbell. Emmeline was exposed to the work of the great jazz singers from childhood, and through her love of old movies and vintage fashion, she has formed her own personal style. She has opened on tour for the legendary Shaka Khan. She's collaborated with funk icon Bootsy Collins and headlined clubs all over the United States. She was featured in Rolling Stone, an American songwriter, and her three previous EPs showcased some amazing music from Emmeline, and, and I encourage you to check them out. I'm almost there, Emmeline. I want to bring you in. All about you today. Can't wait to talk to you. But let me just set up the film real quick here. If you haven't seen Sweetwater, it tells the true story of Nat Sweetwater Clifton, the first African-American to land an NBA contract. It's set in 1950. He was the Nathaniel Sweetwater Clifton was the star attraction of the Harlem Globetrotters. And he changed totally the game of basketball forever when he became the first African-American player to sign a contract with the NBA in the fall of 1950. In her debut, Emmeline appears with a stellar cast, and we'll talk about them in a, in a moment. Uh, an all-star movie soundtrack album, a celebration of jazz and blues era standards with original contemporary tracks, Emmeline joins Gary Clark Jr., Keb Moe, Harry Line, Harrington, and Diane Reeves, Larynx Poe, Robert Randolph, Leah Bay, Rick Braun, Paul Hip, Billy F. Gibbons, PWP Works of Art, and Titus Early Macon. I hope I got that one right. <laughs> and the film opened again in theaters. It's uh, streaming right now. So how I saw it. Welcome, Emmeline. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. And welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for filling our studio with your music today. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, so, so nice to listen to God, you know, when you wake up and you're having that first cup of coffee and you're just, you don't know what the day is going to be like yet. And when I put on your album, wow, what a way to, to like ease into the day and uh, just kind of get wrapped wrapped around your voice warmly wrapped me almost like a warm blanket and a nice cup of coffee today a I little bit we got a little, yeah we got a little uh june gloom here in santa barbara off the coast we got the we got the sea smoke fog coming in and the beautiful jazz the voice in your voice just just so nice such a nice way to wake up i'm so happy to hear that <laughs> Well, you're. I read that quote. You're that you're compared a throwback in the best of all, all possible ways to you know Ella Fitzgerald to Billy Holiday and some of these greats. I mean, obviously that makes you feel great. I wonder, and I was wondering if you've thought about this. Does it bother you that people compare you to someone? First is the first part of the question. 
No, I think um, it is only human when we when we hear something or see something for the first time. It's so it's so human of us to be like, oh, that reminds me of something else. We love to kind of mm -hmm. take things and then sort them in boxes in our mind. And so um, if I'm sorted in the box with greats and with <laughs> icons, then that is all I can ask for. <laughs> that's a nice, that's a nice, that's a good point. That's a nice box to be in, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald. I like it here. <laughs> yeah. Good company. Good company. So then the second part of this, that I was wondering if you had thought about this uh, at all ever. When you, I, I wonder what Ella Fitzgerald was compared to or a Billie Holiday before, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's really great to be compared to these people, but what were they, human nature doesn't change that much over the years. So they were obviously probably at some point referred to as a throwback to a great somebody, somebody, you know? Sure. Yeah, exactly. It's just a tale as old as time, I guess. We just kind of follow in the footsteps of our idols and they follow in the footsteps of their idols and it just is a continuous chain. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting to think. I wonder, who do you think Ella Fitzgerald would have been compared to before her? Uh, I'm I I love jazz and and musicians and all that, but I don't know if I could answer that question. Who would be I don't know about Ella. I feel like Billie Holiday was uh, maybe sometimes compared to. Well, I don't know. That's actually a really good question. We should do some research yeah. on that. We could, because you know why? Because that would be good research. We need to listen to music. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Listen <laughs> to good music. Uh, Russ Campbell, your mother, Julie Campbell, uh, jazz pianist, singer, did tell me how they met, if you would. I don't know the story. <sighs> Before there was you, how, how did they, the two Before of them there meet? Was me. I think there was you. Um, my parents, they, they met at college, and uh, I'm pretty sure my dad, they, I think they were, yeah, I think they were both in college, and my dad was studying organ performance and my mom i think was studying journalism my mom is a she's a great singer and she has a great musical ear but she's actually a full-time journalist and writer so that's what my mom does mainly these days does she write books or um she's or worked on some or... children's books but she also does a lot of like journalism home and garden writing in magazines and stuff like that so that's kind of her that's her mo uh, i'll have to check her out yeah um, so they met in college did they sing together did they tour together do you know at some point um i don't think so i think they were kind of just doing their own things so uh, did did you go on tour? I guess I'm leading up to now there is you yeah. <laughs> and, and you grew up with this this uh, ear for music and it was around you, right? It was your childhood, I imagine. And, and yeah. uh, your parents, you know, my parents, I, I was listening to Bob Dylan and Fleetwood Mac and Joni Mitchell and all the folk artists. Yeah. Was your, your, you know, when you grew up, was your ear... Uh, more accustomed to jazz and, and jazz music or was it a, a, a full house of 
Yeah, I would say um, for for my younger years and when I was growing up, most of what was playing in the house was lots of jazz of all kinds um, from, you know, swing tunes to fusion um, and then also lots of um, old soul and R&B and um gospel music too so lots of lots of old soul and r&b specifically and so i think that was kind of that's kind of what my ear really grew up with and then as i got older and i started exploring other genres of music i really fell in love with you know just various classic rock and modern pop and you know just about everything i i have a very wide music taste and i think that's part of what kind of makes my sound what it is you know Mm -hmm. what is your sound how would you describe it because i know everybody else likes to describe it but how would you personally (laughs) describe it um i think someone who hadn't heard you at all like sorry go ahead no you're good i (laughs) think um a term that I've kind of landed on and I feel like I've maybe kind of coined to describe my sound is modern retro because it is equal parts modern, but infused with lots of retro throwback feels. And so it creates something that it's not modern, but it's not retro. So it's modern retro. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I, is that a new definition? I wonder. It might be. I don't know if I've heard that one. I like I it. I think I kind of made it up. I don't it's know. Yours. You coined it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emmeline's. Uh, I love that. Um, how? Uh, wow. So modern retro. I wonder how. If you had to put that into a visual for a listener you know what like a, a mood um a feeling mm. the, i think the words describe it pretty well but is there there's an inspiration for that that this 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 hybrid you've this music genre that you are um bringing to us How, like what kind of mood do you get into create a, a modern a retro uh, soundscape is there a their feeling that you get into? Is there a feeling that this is a is a you? Is it is this you in in musical notes? Yeah, I think um, for me something that inspires a lot of creativity is just the idea of nostalgia and mm-hmm. the idea of kind of making every moment in life romanticized just if we can make every moment really really romanticized and if we can make you know just making a morning cup of coffee feel really special then all of a sudden we have art you know and when life becomes art it's so much easier to create and write songs that feel nostalgic and they feel familiar because you know 
using the example of the morning cup of coffee, the listener is like, oh, well, I make my morning cup of coffee too. And she's yeah. singing about it. And, and so it, it's like infusing everyday life with just a little bit of magic to make things that everybody experiences feel familiar and like art, you know? beautiful description of that yeah i i can i see that what is it about because i get the sense from you you just defined what you do and what you love to do and how you like to um create the music what is it about you as a person that wants to find and define in some way or or inspire in other in your listeners romance and romanticism in life i think you know there's it's a universal experience that we can all kind of fall into things feeling stale and mundane and you know i know at least i definitely have somewhat of a tendency to sometimes always be looking forward to the next thing and i think everybody can kind of um, somewhat relate to that in the sense of, you know, we're just, we have a tendency to sit around and kind of be like, oh, well, I can't wait until next month when I get to go on vacation. Right. And then when you're on vacation, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get home and like get back to work so I can start saving for that new car that I can almost get. And then it sometimes feels like life can just become this constant loop of looking forward to the next thing and to the next thing. And then before you know it, a year's gone by and you're looking back like why was i not paying attention to the moment i was in because now a year's gone by or five years have gone by and i wasn't even paying attention i was thinking about you know yeah. what life is going to be like when i get the next job promotion or when i finally can afford to put a down payment on a new house and now i have all these things and i don't feel fulfilled and my years have all slipped by and so i think for me the idea of creating art that romanticizes the moments in life that maybe sometimes feel mundane is just an effort to appreciate the moments in life that sometimes feel mundane and an effort to draw attention to just the everyday things and experiences that we have because those are the experiences that weave together and make up our lives not so much you know the promotion or the new car or whatever, but it's the waking up every day and making your coffee and getting in your morning commute. And if yeah. we can make those things feel special, then we're winning, you know? I love that. That is so, that's so true, isn't it? That we look, we, it's basically not being in the present moment, right? As, as you know, it's, it is for, for one, on one side, we all need that hope, you know, that like, over the rainbow there's a vacation or you right. know it's not always going to be everyday work 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 you know and getting in your car and sitting in traffic and all the the mundane things there is this thing that's going to come up but then when you get there you're right we don't you don't stop it you're like maybe looking at it through a phone uh yeah. you're not going ah let's just and i love so your music and that really does define what i was listening today in the album you define uh, you, you defined it beautifully it, it it's capturing focusing being in the now 
and then capturing those moments. And I'll just tell you right now. Okay, so this is what I wanted to talk to you. Actually, we're going to wait for the other side of the break because we're in it now. And I love this. This is great. Um, let me let me take us to break. We're going to come right back. Don't go anywhere. Emmeline is our special, special guest today. The girl with the golden voice. <laughs> Candid Records releases a, uh, a, a new record, Songs from Sweetwater. Emmeline's album, her, f- her fourth, if I've got that count right, Rising Star. She's a jazz vocalist. She's a violinist. We're going to be playing for you songs from the Sweetwater track list today throughout the show. And let me tell you where you can find Emmeline on social, on Instagram, at Emmeline Official. And I'm going to spell that for you because it's a beautiful name with a beautiful spelling that I've I've never seen before. So maybe you haven't either. Here's how you spell it. E-M-M-A-L-I-N-E Official. That's on Instagram. But you can also go to EmmelineOfficial.com and keep on keep track with the new albums, new releases, new videos, uh, tour dates. Do you have merch on there? I hope you have merch. Let me look. I do. <laughs> you do have merch. Uh, by the way, one of the best ways to support an uh, uh, artist, any artist these days, is by going and buying merch. So go grab a, I haven't looked there yet, but let's say there's a coffee mug or there's a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or a hat. Go support Emmeline. Um, it really does help because most of that goes to her. You can also find her on probably all the all the spots where you get your music. Are you on Bandcamp, Emmeline? I am, yeah. Yeah. And apparently, everybody tells me all the artists that they make the most money when you buy their album from Bandcamp. They get about 78% of it versus hardly anything everywhere else. A penny on Spotify? Five? Yeah. Spotify. Less than that. <laughs> yeah, less than that. Um, not that you can't support them everywhere, but if you really want to support your artist, your musician, your jazz vocalist and violinist, Emmeline, uh, check out Bandcamp, check out her merchandise, and then go and see her on tour. Also, the Sweetwater the movie. You really want to check this out. It's great. I'll be right back with more Remember Line. Now don't forget There'll come a time When you'll regret it Someday When you grow lonely Your heart will break like mine and I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. 
Hey, this is Jeff Skunk Baxter. We all need to keep our veterans, men and women who served, who are on the wall and who were on the wall in our hearts at all times. Sometimes they need help. There are a number of organizations that are dedicated to helping our veterans. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected and that you won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. This ain't about the color of my skin. It's about being true to the game of basketball. Nathaniel Clifton, I always known he was born with a higher purpose. Joe Lapchick. Matt Clifton. Some call me Sweetwell. I coach a team called the New York Knickerbockers. Ain't no Negroes playing your league. It's not going to be like that forever. The NBA champs got their asses kicked by an all-Negro team. It's like a circus, though. It's ringling brunch. Sweetwater knows this game better than anyone. I will fight for this. I want to fight with you. Sweetwater, that was your last game wearing a Trotter uniform. Your next game will be in a Nick jersey. You know you can't play him. The guy is the future of the NBA. Change is happening, but I don't know that my city can take it. This ain't about the color of my skin. You need to move away from my lily white pumps. It's about being true to the game of basketball. It's unnecessary to have all this razzle-dazzle on our courts. And that's what the Negro players will do. But every time we step on this court, it means something. You ready to change the game? Oh, I was born ready. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freevee, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Blue sky smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. My special guest today, and uh, coming to us all the way from um, where are you coming to us from? Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Nashville. How am I? I'm like going to New Orleans. I think like, I couldn't pull it up. Nashville, Tennessee. How could I forget? Uh, Emmeline is a singer. She's a songwriter. Uh, she has a new album out. She's a violinist, and she's also now a movie star. The movie's doing really well, right, Emmeline? It is, yeah, from what I hear. Isn't that great? Are you, how, how did that feel? I always hate this question. How did that feel? How, but how did it feel to see yourself up on the big screen? 
it was really surreal, especially since, you know, I always picture myself in the music world. I started playing violin when I was four years old. This is the only, you know, being a musician is the only career I ever wanted for myself. It's the only career I ever envisioned for myself. And then when this opportunity to be in Sweetwater really just fell in my lap, the director reached out to me directly and I just couldn't even imagine what it would feel like to be able to sit in the theater and watch myself on the screen along with everybody else in the theater it was just a really surreal experience but that's what i want to hear about what was that so you did you sneak in some like your local theater sit, <laughs> sit down and i did yeah i did i think watch the people most, the reaction you know i didn't so much watch other people as much as i was just hoping to get a second shot at feeling what i felt during the premiere because uh when I went to the premiere, it was just so, it felt so like otherworldly sitting there. And and my brain was just, it was really the first time I'd actually seen the whole film in its entirety. So when my scenes were coming up, I was just like, oh, like, did I say that line right? Did that come across right? And so I wanted a second shot at seeing it after the premiere to kind of be able to just relax and see it from a little bit of a different headspace yeah and um that's what i got it was really fun oh that's so cool i, I imagine that's just got to be a cool feeling and and, and hearing people laugh for here watching them watch you up on screen singing and uh, it's just got to be very very cool um yeah. thanks for sharing that i hate that it's such a generic question but i i, I want to put myself in your shoes as much as possible this hour sure. <laughs> okay so let's do this uh uh, the song that we're going to premiere at the very, very end here, Sweet Georgia Brown. Um, here's what I know about it, thanks to Wikipedia. <laughs> Sweet Georgia Brown was written in 1925 with music by band leader Ben Burney and Mako Pinkard and lyrics by Kenneth Casey. So it was first recorded on March 19th that year, 1925, by Benny Burney and, and at and with his Hotel Roosevelt Orchestra. It spent five weeks at the top of the charts. Uh, Bernie says that he came up with the concept for the song's lyrics, but not credited with as the lyricist. After meeting Dr. George Thaddeus Brown in New York City, and Dr. Brown was a longtime member of the Georgia House of Representatives. He told Bernie about his daughter, Georgia Brown, and how subsequent to her birth in 1911, August 11th, 1911, the Georgia General Assembly had issued a declaration that she was to be named Georgia after the state. And that antidote would be directly referenced by the song's lyric, Georgia claimed her, Georgia named her. Um, so one of the most popular versions of Sweet Georgia Brown was recorded in 1949 by Brother Bones and His Shadows. What a great name for a band. <laughs> and he later adopted it as, uh, it was later adopted, I should say, as the theme song of the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team in 1952. So why is, uh, why does um, Emma sing Sweet Georgia Brown? Why are we premiering it at the end? Well, if you're just tuning in, um, 
she is she star she's one of the stars of uh Sweetwater, which tells the true story of uh Nate Nathaniel Sweetwater Clifton. He was the star attraction of the Harlem Globetrotter. See where it all ties together there? Um, and he changed the game of basketball when he became the first African American player to sign a contract with the NBA in the fall of 1950. So here's what I'm thinking. The studio here in Santa Barbara used to be um, owned by uh, by Bob Newhart, where we broadcast from. It's had a lot of famous uh, broadcasters, include, including Dr. Laura Schlesinger, broadcast out of here, um, and many, many more over the years, right? So it's a two, you know, for you listeners out there, it's a two- room studio it's got a television studio on the top floor and i'm sitting in the back room our sound engineer dr d is in the front room on a different console the lights are off it's early morning i'm having that cup of coffee i get here early to prepare for my interview and we're playing emmeline's music right so the jazz is filling quite literally filling the hallways because there's no one else in here and there's a live broadcast going on but we we can blast the we're blasting the music i'm in one room listening richard's putting together the soundtracks that you're hearing on the show today in the other room and i just stop for a moment i look down the hallway and it's blue light you know like there's a it's overcast there's blue light through the hall and this music's just filling every nook and cranny and i wanted to pass it to you and that you know, we, we just heard the history of the song. You take it. You've heard it. You make your interpretation, which is so much fun. Uh, I can't wait to play it and for everybody else to hear. But but there's the other parts of the, uh, the other songs on the album. There's there's quite a few. What I what I was referencing, what I was listening to when I in the movie, it, it was um, Blue Skies was filling, you know, when I'm talking about the, the song earlier this morning. Um, that was filling the studio. Take any of those songs, but when they reach you, what did that? How do they reach you? How do you, you take those? Are there moments that you have that make the song your own? Yeah, I would say um, it was just such a fun experience when we were picking songs to go on the soundtrack because we knew that we had to keep it very um, time period specific, obviously, because the movie takes place uh, in the early 1950s. And so um, the producer of the soundtrack, John Burke and I were going back and forth on a bunch of songs that would be, um, be kind of in the right time period, because obviously in 19, 50 or so the songs that were really popular on the radio have been released kind of many years prior and so we were trying to find songs that maybe were written in the 30s ish and then kind of grew to popularity maybe in the 40s so um we finally landed on a group of songs that we thought would be a good fit and sweet georgia brown obviously we knew had to be a part of it because 
for a lot of the film, there's lots of scenes of the Harlem Globetrotters playing and practicing. And, and so we wanted that to kind of be the foundational piece of music that keeps coming in different themes throughout the movie soundtrack. And so, um, it was really fun to get into character because, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, my personal style is it's very modern retro. It's it, I have a very big part of my sound that's quite modern and fresh and new infused with retro elements to kind of make it feel nostalgic and familiar. But for this character and for the soundtrack, I really had to immerse myself in how would a 1950s singer sing these songs because how? how i would sing them personally me emmeline in 2023 would be different and i would take a little bit of a different approach so it was really fun to kind of get into that mentality of okay we're in the 50s i'm in a jazz club performing there's people around there's no phones we're smoking inside. Like I had to really immerse myself in what, you know, the culture was like back then to really get a believable um, interpretation of a 1950s jazz singer singing classic songs. And honestly, when I listen back to it and I've gotten this, you know, from many people is that people would tell me like, oh man, when I first heard it, I didn't realize that was you. I really thought it was like an old recording from back in the day. And that's exactly what I was going for. So it's, um, it, it, that kind of feedback was great to hear for sure. Congratulations. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that's, that's true. When I heard the songs, I, I thought, wow, this is, it could have been a Billy Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald, but it's no it's it's distinctly you as well you know sure. it's a new voice it's uh, you it is all those things but it, you add another two layers or so on top of that you you make it your own and uh and you also make yourself as your own voice that needs to be followed and heard and will be i'm sure for many years you you've got a lot of great things ahead of you uh, for sure um you. well thank you <laughs> i do have to take another quick break but I, I did you, you know, when you were saying uh, you tried to pull from the 50s, obviously you pulled some of the soundtracks and the songs that were popular in those times um, and the voice and the feel. Where did you, did, but you weren't born in the 50s. So how do you know what the 50s is like? What did you pull from a lot of, you love old films and yes. did you pull from that as well? Absolutely. Borrow, borrow, yeah. I, I, grew up with, I grew up with watching a lot of old films because my dad specifically has always had a love for really just classic films and a lot of old Hollywood stuff. And so I grew up with that and I grew up with a really big fascination for old cinematography and also fashion. And so having that foundation and, you know, also just doing lots of research as an adult and falling in love with so many characters that I felt I could possibly pull from as inspiration. So it really all came together. The, all of the inspiration that I've gathered over the years when I didn't even realize that's what I was doing really paid off. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, give me what, like maybe top. I know this is hard to do. Give me a couple of your top two, you know, films or one or one to three or your top film, old film. I'd love to. I'm I'm just kind of getting into old films, and and I'd love to watch one that you recommend. Okay, um, there. This one is a little bit obscure but better, i loved it I, I absolutely loved it when i was a kid and i i don't think i've seen it in the past like five years or so but it's called sun valley serenade and it was just this really cool film that was set on like a ski resort and actually the old um big band leader glenn miller i think was actually in this film and so wow. it was it was just a collaboration of music and and old hollywood glamour and stuff like that and that one is always one of my favorites because my dad had it on vhs or something he like taped it from playing on tv like many 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 years ago and i grew up with watching that film and i really love it so you should watch that I will. I'll let you know what I think. I love. Thank you for the recommendation. Okay, we'll be right back. Let me tell you what we're going to go to break here with from uh, Emmeline. Let's see. We're going into our Someone to Watch Over Me. Beautiful, beautiful rendition here. Someone to Watch Over Me. Emmeline is our special guest today. And check her out on Instagram at Emmeline Official. E-M-M-A-L-I-N-E. And emmelineofficial.com. You can catch up with all of her socials there and music and everything else. Um, Songs from Sweetwater is the album, Emmeline's new album. Candid Records released. And uh, it's the soundtrack for Sweetwater, the film. Check it out. We'll be right back. There's a somebody I'm longing to see. I hope that he. Turns out to be someone who will watch over me. I'm a little Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear, and we're going to be on tour this summer. Hope to see you guys out there. Take care. Hello. My name is Emmeline. I just was featured in my first film, Sweetwater, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. It had to be you. It had to be you. 
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. We're with uh, vocalist, violinist, songwriter, actor. God, she's doing a lot of things. Emmeline. She joins us today from Nashville, Tennessee. Is that the music capital of the world? Is that your tagline? It is. I thought it's. I thought so. Hey, by the way, have you ever played at Birdland in New York City? I have not played at Birdland, but I would love to. Do you know Johnny Valente there? Do you know anybody, the owner? No, I don't actually. Oh, I'll have to make an introduction for you. He's a good, good, good friend. I would love that. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, tell me about your character in the film. Yeah. So um, my character in the film is she she's a jazz singer and she's kind of performing in smaller clubs, just kind of background music for people that are dining at this restaurant. And as we know, jazz back in the 50s was really the pop music of the day that was the popular music and so she was kind of unfulfilled with this pop career that she was headed on and she was really dreaming of being a blues singer and performing in a blues band and touring and stuff like that and so in the film um the main character sweetwater and my character gene staples their paths end up crossing and along the way he kind of helps my character get put in contact with this famous fictional blues uh guitarist and vocalist in the film and actually the person who plays this fictional blues guitarist and vocalist is gary clark jr and so um i got to work with gary on set and we recorded a song live um while the cameras were rolling and it was really fun it in in the movie there's this whole scene of gary and i performing and what you're hearing we didn't record in the studio we recorded that live on set so when people are seeing it on the screen where we were singing in real time then and there. So it gave a lot of energy to that performance. And it was really fun to work with Gary. So yeah, that was kind of the highlight of the experience for me. Oh, that's very cool. This, uh, that's good to know. I didn't know that was all, you know, you typically they dub that back, back in, right? Or yeah. um, was that a director's choice to, to do that film live or was it that you guys were just so good together there's no need to re- remaster the audio i think it was the that was the director's uh that was the director's hope that we could we could hopefully 
make it feel super organic then and there. And we ended up pulling it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, really great stars in this. Kevin Pollack, Harry Elways, is that how I say? Jeremy Piven, love him. Richard Drivers, love him. Robert, uh, Robert Richard, Gary Clark Jr., Jim Cavazel. How do you say Jim's name? Last name. It's a good question. <laughs> okay, uh, NBA champion. Also, Bobby Portis Jr. joins the cast. Uh, so much, so many great people. Um, soundtracks are incredible. The 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 artists. Did you work with any of these artists on the soundtrack? Um, I mostly on the soundtrack, I was mostly doing my, um, kind of just my solo works and then, um, working with Gary was my one collab on the soundtrack. You mentioned that your character in the film, um, was, was, uh, unhappy with her status or, or her, what she was doing with pop music. Have you had those feelings yet? at all do you ever have you had feelings where you're it's not going fast enough for you or it's not what you want to be doing or or you're questioning the path yeah. of course i think you know lots of artists and creatives can you know i think it's just a path less traveled and sometimes because of that you feel like you're kind of floundering and you're like, oh, am I even doing the right thing? And am I crazy? And should I never have done this to begin with? And, you know, there's always moments of that. But I think... When's the last time you had that thought? An hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I kid. But really, it's, it, it, is, it feels like a constant, you know, I mean, it's constantly woven throughout when you're like, Am I doing the right thing? Because you care so much about what you're doing. And I think, I think if you don't have the questions, if you don't sometimes step back and think, am I doing enough? Am I on the right path? Did I make the right decision? You know, do you really care about what you're doing if you're not questioning your choices? Because, you know, for me, this has been, I, I can say that I am living my dream and, you know, absolutely doing what I've worked my whole life to do. And that's something that I feel so fortunate to say. But because of that, because this is my dream and because I care so much, I think there's also just kind of the, the constant theme that, you know, we have to overcome as creatives and as artists of self-doubt and getting to the point where you just trust yourself completely and you just trust that everything's working out as it should but yeah i'm still i'm still on that journey of letting go and just kind of believing that everything's going to work out you know do you think there will be a time when will you ever be completely satisfied or do you think that's part of what it's what it's all about and you know you're not doesn't matter how hard how you get sometimes you still go what's 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 coming next is something coming next do you think you'll ever get past that self-doubt that that just that the the artist way that that yearning always to get better and to create i don't think so i think um i think it's par for the course i think learning what I would like to do is 
get to a point where I can choose which signals actually have value to them or not, you know, getting to the point where, you know, always striving to be better and, you know, to, to create a better song than you created yesterday or last year and always working to be better is something that obviously is incredibly valuable. And I never want to become complacent, but I do think as well, it's a balance. It's in like the, you know, the line is so thin between, between striving to be better and then never feeling like you're enough. You know, there's such a fine balance there and to find that sweet spot and you get glimpses of it, you know, throughout your life, you'll, you'll get these feelings where you're like, Oh my God, where well, you can take a step back and be like, wow, I'm so proud of how far I've come. I'm so happy with how that song turned out, or I'm so proud of how this album was received. You know, you have these glimpses of feeling just content with something you did, and that's a great feeling. And then the next day you'll wake up and be like, oh, does anybody even care? Am I even doing it? <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like finding that balance is. I think that is what we should be doing as people, as creatives, as, you know, just creative beings. It comes full circle, what you just said to, to our, the beginning of our conversation, where it's, you, you gotta be in the moment, but that's discipline, isn't it? And not only discipline, it's uh, blocking out the, the doubt and the fear. Right. And right. I, I would imagine, uh, and, if you could be hundred percent honest, don't give me the, the the everything's fine answer. If it's not, you're. I'd imagine that you are with Sweetwater. You never imagined to see yourself up on screen, right? You, you, you're a singer. You, you know, that's what I'm going to be. And now here you are, also a, a, a movie star in a way. You're on your way. You're on this big screen. You're in with great cast, and you did so so good. And then, and you're. You've got a new album. This is fourth album. You've you've accomplished things. A lot more you're doing it. But I would imagine you're like standing there going, What's what's next? You know, am I it, it, almost that sophomore, even though it's not your sophomore album and all that? It's that you had a yeah, you have hits, you have things that are going really well. Are you nervous or are you very hopeful and optimistic and, and happy for, for what's next? And I'm sure something you've got something, but I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a combination of all the things you mentioned. Something that I think just creatives across the board are experiencing right now is the industry moves so fast, especially in music. You know, I can't speak to the acting world because I don't know a whole lot about it. But and I'm a musician and in the music industry, everything moves so fast, right? Because our attention spans are so short now and, you know, constant hits and new music and everything's cycling so fast lifespan of albums and of singles and everything has gotten shorter. And so because of this, you feel this constant need to like be putting out like oh i right. need to be i need to be constantly producing. releasing i need to be constantly producing things because if i'm not 
I'm going to get left behind or people are going to forget or look at all these other people. Everybody else is releasing stuff and I'm not right now. And so for me, the first half of this year was so busy because, um, in March on March 24th, I released my third EP, my independently produced and released EP. It's called retro kind of love. And then on April 14th, Sweetwater was released in theaters worldwide. And then later in April, um, the songs from Sweetwater album was released with the bonus tracks from the soundtrack and all of that. And I always in kind of when I was in the thick of all that, I was like, wow, things are crazy. Everything's moving really fast. And it was cool. And I was on, I was at my first red carpet event and everything felt really like emotions were really heightened and everything was just back to back to back, all of this stuff happening. And then, uh, I was on tour basically until, until the end of April as well. And, and so life was happening and it was all coming at me very fast and then for pretty much the the entirety of the month of may i've been kind of recouping i went on vacation it was great but there is kind of that that theme that flows through underneath where i'm like okay what's next because i everything happened so fast and all at once and i was in go 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 mode and now it's over and i'm like Oh no, like what, what am I doing? What I'm not putting anything out right now. I'm not touring right now. Things are weird. And so, um, it's been a lot of planning, a lot of prepping. I'm working on, I'm, I, this year, by the end of 2023, I will have released the most music I've ever released in a single calendar year. I'm working right now on a Christmas EP to release in december and then i have two more projects lined up for 2024 and so i'm in production mode right now i'm in creation mode right now i'm not necessarily in release mode right now and so it's kind of getting my brain to switch over from release mode promo mode i'm on the road i'm promoting the album i'm doing this i'm on the red carpet to now coming back home and getting back in the creative space and kind of looking inward and not so much like giving 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 to people yeah. and so it's been a little bit of a a shift but it's been a good shift and i like just before we hopped on this call i finished writing a song that i started earlier this morning and to me there's nothing that is a more fulfilling feeling than completing a song that you're proud of. So I'm in full creative mode right now and things are feeling really good. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And of course you tell me that at the end, I would have, I would have um, guilted you into performing your new song. If I would have known at the <laughs> beginning of the show. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. You did that on purpose. Emmeline, um, Here's some advice Richard gives. You know, he's Oingo Keyboard is Oingo Boingo and he owns Woodshed recording. Everybody in the world's recorded there. I was I was at his Woodshed with him and sitting with him and we were talking about con artists now need to put out content all the time. What you talked about. Every it's gotta you gotta keep you gotta stay on top of mind. And and people talk to him now as in releasing content and it really makes him mad. He's like, we're artists. We put out things as we feel them, as we are in these creative modes. We don't put out content, but I know that that's what it is, right? You've got to be so many wear so many hats as an artist these days. Yeah. I mean, look at you you're you're doing all the all the mediums pretty much, and 
um, you got to switch gears. And sometimes that's hard because really at the core, you're an artist. I got to describe if you, if you, you're listening to this on the radio, but if you see, if you watch the YouTube interview, Emmeline is full of life. Your eyes are bright. You're moving. You're, you're excited. You, you, like you've got this energy that again, I said three dimensional, you come out of the screen. Uh, there's a saying, you know, on film uh, that the, the camera loves you. And in your film, Sweetwater, and on this interview, the camera loves you. You come to life. And so I really appreciate you sharing all your stories. I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back and say goodbye, and you're going to set up the song, and then we're going to play the song. I'm going a little bit long today. So we're going to take a real quick break. My special guest today, Emma Lyon. She's in the movie Sweetwater. She uh, contributed a lot sweet songs from Sweetwater, her newest album. Check it out. It's on Candid Records. And. And we're going to come back and play Sweet Georgia Brown. Check her out on social, Emmeline Official on Instagram and Emmeline Official, excuse me, official.com on the web. We'll be right back. Someday he'll come along. The man I love And he'll be big and strong The man I love And when he comes my way I'll do my best To make him stay He'll look at me and smile I'll understand He'll take my hand And though it seems absurd I know we both won't say a word Maybe I shall meet him Sunday Maybe Monday Sure to meet him one day, maybe Tuesday will be my good news day. Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi, my name is Zara Knight, and I'm with Farm Jam Music Festival. I'm Greg Knight, and I'm with Farm Jam Music Festival as well. Real farm, real people, real music. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to The, the Jeremiah, Jeremiah Show. Show. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. Mogal made has got a shade on sweet Georgia brown. To the people those on lead is sweet Georgia brown. They all sigh and want to die for sweet Georgia brown. I tell you why, I, you know I don't lie. Not much. It's been said she knocks them dead when she lands in town. Since she came white, it's a shame how she cools them down. Now, fellas, she can't get 
Must be fellas she met Georgia claimed her Georgia Named her sweet Georgia Brown Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. My special guest today is Emma Line. She's a jazz vocalist, a violinist, an actor, songwriter. She joins us from, it looks like her studio, uh, a recording studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Now we're, uh, you waited all hour. Thank you for waiting. And uh, without much further ado, Emma Line's gonna talk and set up the song, her new single, and we're gonna play it in its entirety. Thank you, Emma Line. Tell me about the song. Yes. So Sweet Georgia Brown, obviously it's a classic song and we wanted to obviously keep the song very traditional because it was for the movie soundtrack of Sweetwater set in 1950. So we wanted to keep it very traditional sounding, but um, we also wanted it to be really fun. And this song is very traditionally an upbeat, really energetic experience and so we wanted to keep that and um actually the um whistle that you hear on the song is actually my little brother because he is a really good whistler and everybody was like we need it we need somebody who can whistle really good and i was like I got somebody. My brother can actually whistle Flight of the Bumblebee. So he's very good. Um, He's very skilled. So yeah, that's my brother whistling the classic. What's your brother's name? Trey. Trey Campbell. Yeah. So that's my brother whistling. And it was just a really fun time. I'm pretty sure we did this entire song all in one take too. We just did it one time. And as soon as we stopped, I was like, okay, so should we do it again? And the producer drum was like, no, I think we're good. I think we got it. So, yeah, a one-take wonder. One-take, and here it is. We're going to play for you right now. Emmeline, thank you so much. Is there anybody you'd like to thank before I, we play the, the song? Thank you for having me. This oh, was fun. You, I hope you come back a lot and bring me your music so we can share it with the world. And loved having you. You're, you're, you're so great. Uh, here without... Any waiting, any further waiting, Sweet Georgia Brown by Emmeline. No gal has got a shade on Sweet Georgia Brown. To the people who so need is Sweet Georgia Brown. They all sigh and want to die for Sweet Georgia Brown. I tell you why, I, you know I don't want not much. It's been said she knocks on dead when she lands in town. Since she came white, it's a shame how she cools them down. Now, fellas, she can't get, must be fellas she met. Georgia claimed her Georgia, named her sweet Georgia Brown. Fellas, she can't get fellas, she ain't met 
Georgia claimed her Georgia named her sweet Georgia Brown. Gifts those quarters give to sweet Georgia Brown They buy clothes at fashion shows with one dollar down Now boy, tip your hat out joy She's a cat, she's a peach, she's oh so sweet She's sweet Georgia Brown It's about being true to the game of basketball. Nathaniel Clifton, always known he was born with a higher purpose. Joe Lapchick. Matt Clifton. Some call me Sweetwater. I coach a team called the New York Knickerbockers. Ain't no Negroes playing your league. It's not going to be like that forever. The NBA champs got their asses kicked by an all-Negro team. It's like a circus, though. It's Ringling Bros. Sweetwater knows this game better than anyone. I will fight for this. I want to fight with you. Sweetwater, that was your last game wearing a Trotter uniform. Your next game will be in a Nick jersey. You know you can't play him. The guy is the future of the NBA. Change is happening, but I don't know that my city can take it. This ain't about the color of my skin. You need to move away from my lily white pumps. It's about being true to the game of basketball. It's unnecessary to have all this razzle-dazzle on our courts. And that's what the Negro players will do. But every time we step on this court, it means something. You ready to change the game? Oh, I was born ready. Hi, this is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, your loved host. I love you.